Can you hear me? Test, test. Praise God. I'm really happy that I am here today, and I'll be. I can be with all of you again, and I want to give thanks to God because God has lengthened my life, and so that I can be here again. I also like to thank every one of you in the church who has prayed for me and who has given me the love that I need to visit me, bring me food. Thank you very much. I I really really appreciate what you have done. And I'm sure you'll be blessed. Amen. Praise God. Still keep praying for me because I'm still weak. I'm still not fully recovered yet, but I believe in God. I am definitely strengthened by God. Today, I'm going to talk about the power in and and obedience. The power of Christ's obedience. Have you ever thought negatively? Have who here has thought of negative things? Almost everyone have thought of negative things. Maybe we thought about negatively for about God, maybe about ourselves, maybe about husbands, about wives, about other people. And I believe when we think negatively, it will weaken our faith. You listen to gossips about other people. That makes you disappointed, and you don't want to come to church anymore, and you don't want to listen to God anymore. When you are sick, you pray, you pray for healing, but it turns out it's it's not healed. You're not healed, and it gets worse. And you start to think, I thought God loves me. Is it true that God listens to my prayers? Everyone else prays, and God answers them. And I prayed for so long. God hasn't answered my prayers, and you start to question God. Where is your miracle? Where is the God that listened to prayers? Where is God's power? And I'm not healed yet. There are a lot of things that allow us to think negatively. When we have problems, we pray to God and ask for help, but our problems is not uh, being resolved, but it gets worse. And you start to think, does God really want to help me? When we start to look at ourselves, and we start to think, oh, and we start to compare with other people, I'm not as holy as that person A. I'm not as good as that person B. I'm not as obedient as C or D. They are really good in reading the Bibles and in praying, but I'm not. They are close to God, but I'm not close to God. And you start to measure your um, holiness with other people. You know that's wrong, but that thought always comes back to you. You try, you try to uh, take that away. You try to chase that away, but the Thought always come back, and that thought starts to consume you. 
and we start to doubt God. We start to doubt ourselves. Our faith is starting to get weaker and weaker. And that is why when we have problems, when we have difficulties in our lives, when we should have that faith to to break that, but what we be but instead we became weaker and we became further from God. In Matthew chapter thirteen, you don't need to open up your Bibles. It says that about the wheat and the tares. Have you ever heard of that? God has uh, planted the good seeds of wheat. But it, the devil put in the seeds of tares in there. The good seeds are the children of God. The bad seeds are from the bad, from the devil. And I believe, amongst the good, the children of God in the community of the church, that doesn't mean that there isn't any bad people in there. Because most often, there's a lot of cases that happen in the community of the children of God. There is actually bad people in there. They are used by the devil to to gossip, to gossip about other people, to give, um, to bring hatred to other people, and etc. So, have a look at this. If the devil can put in the seeds of the tares in the within the wheat i believe the devil is really capable of putting negative thoughts into your mind that is why we have to be careful we need to know how to repel these negative thoughts let us read together 2 corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 And it says here, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And it says here in English uh, translation, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is an incredible verse. When I start to think about the Word of God, I'm really amazed, and I really, um, and I really start to think that when Paul starts to write this verse, how can we break? How can we break that that negative thoughts in our minds? The first point is the Bible says we have to break and we have to bring down those negative thoughts if we follow these negative thoughts at the end of the day it will reach us and it will judge other people have a look if you see other people who has a problem or if you see other people who has sinned and what do you think oh why is christians like that isn't that right you you see why is it why are christians like that but without realizing it, when we say that, without realizing, indirectly, actually, you are telling 
you are telling yourself that you are better than them indirectly even though you may think oh it shouldn't be like that but without re- without realizing it i'm ac- you are actually telling yourself that you are better than him or her you shouldn't it shouldn't be like that so without you realizing that the devil actually made you think like that and make you feel better than other people and this is what it says here in the verse and this is this is something that you have created yourself maybe you feel that not i'm i didn't say that i'm better than him or her i only say oh christian should it be like that but without you realizing it when we say that when we say that christians sh- shouldn't be like that you actually put yourself above them and you sh- you said indirectly that you are not like them you're better than them or when we focus on ourselves and we feel embarrassed and we feel not worth unworthy this is a something that the humans have really built themselves in their minds it looks good we feel embarrassed we feel humble we feel unworthy it looks good it looks good from the outside but actually it is not good because the word of god says when you are the children of god you are not good because of yourselves because of god it's not because we are great but because of god's grace and without realizing it all these are cunning thoughts it's really really cunning and make you think that actually it is good but in reality it is not good we always tend to show that we are perfect we are good we are worthy but not there is no christians in the world who can say that who can say that they are worthy because why they've been made worthy by god we serve god because we are good not because we are worthy but because god is good because god has made us worthy without realizing it all these negative thoughts will cause you to judge other people and and make yourself better than other people but without on the other hand you should be f- you should be humble and break those negative thoughts and we say that we are we are humble we are not worthy and without realizing it we start to lose our own image in god what about what happens if we made we are we sin or we did something wrong to make us to make us knocked out so that we can we can't wake up anymore we are not sure that god will help us will strengthen us to make us get up again if we fall down 10 times we can wake up 11 times and we're not sure god has always wanted to pressure us so that we are we feel that we are not worthy to 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 raise up again 
and this is very dangerous from all these negative things. That's why Paul said it in the word in the Bible. We have to cast down. We have to cast down these arguments, everything, every negative thoughts that we have. We have to break it. And at the end of the day, we can we can break those who is against the word of God. I'll we keep saying that we are ugly, we are unworthy, we are not good. We will not be good forever. With you know, I without realizing it, you actually are breaking something that God has planted in you. Because of these negative thoughts, so you have to be careful of these negative thoughts. Imagination of the high things of God, and that is why the Bible says we have to break it every everything, and it's not something that God has built, but what man has created himself. So if you look at it, at the end of the day, if you thought about negative things, you feel really proud. And in the end, you you will uh, disobey God's word. You will not believe God. You will not say amen to everything. You tend to believe yourself rather than other people. And and God, I want to testify something. Actually, my illness started from a normal flu. I was I had flu, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor gave me antibiotics, and I'm really happy that I was being given antibiotics because Australia is really. Um, it's really bad in giving antibiotics. They, the doctors don't want to give the antibiotics, so I started eating antibiotics every day, and I ate three times a day. But my illness started to become worse. So, three days before my antibiotics finished, I coughed and coughed and coughed. So today, if you see that I'm not coughing, it's a miracle. I was coughing non-stop for three days, three days, three nights. I can't sleep because of that cough. So in the last day, when I'm really weak and I haven't slept for three days, three nights, my my body is really in pain. So when I cough, it really hurts, and I'm really, really tired. And on the last day. When I want to eat these antibiotics, and I saw, normally I'm really attentive, but actually, this antibiotic is 250 milligrams. It's actually, uh, and to eat three times a day is 750 milligrams a day. And I realize, this is this is a dosage for little children, and it's been given to me, an adult. So normally I eat a 500 milligram tablet once. So to eat three times, it should be 
So I, I, so I said, oh, no wonder, because the dosage is less. That's why I am not healed. And I thought that I'm better than God. I know I'm, I'm better than the doctor, I mean. So I went to the doctor again, and the doctor said, if that case, just continue on. I'll give you a repeat. And you can still continue eating the antibiotics. And I thought, if, it's, if that's the case, I don't need the doctor anymore. And I start to become proud. And I start to eat, and I said, I can't stand it anymore. Because the cough can't stop. The mucus is in my body. And I cough and I cough to clear up that mucus. And every time I cough, it hurts and it, it makes my stomach really painful if, and in 10 nights I can't wait anymore I went to the hospital the emergency uh, I've, I've been tested for my blood pressure and then being put in the uh, in the needle is in my hand and I've been I was told to wait to until the next day 9am so 11 hours I was at the emergency so I have to sit down at the emergency room for 11 hours and I can't move anymore because I'm really weak and tired when I was brought in into the emergency room and I lied on the bed and I've been lectured by the doctor why are you why are you here so late and I've been uh, uh, given antibiotics about this big and it's not and it's not uh, injected it's being put it directly into my blood vein and I can't feel anything anymore because I'm too weak so they put me into hospital and I can't go home anymore and I've been put in an isolated room and I said, oh, no, not bad I've been given a private room actually, then I realized it's wrong that room is actually an isolated room it's not a, like a private room because my illness is really bad normally an adult will not um, stand three days, three nights now, you can still live after ten days that's that's incredible. So everyone who comes into my room has wear, has to wear an, a mask, a gloves, and an apron. And I didn't know that was a isolated room. I thought that was a private room. So I went into hospital. I didn't stop coughing. I continue on until the nurse at one a.m. called the doctor, and I admit that the the Australian doctors are really good and they didn't call a specialist they just called no. they called the doctor to come in and want to listen to my cough he didn't enter the room he just stand outside and after that he came into the room where he listened to my cough 
and I didn't expect that the doctor will come into my room at 1 a.m. and he said, "What's wrong with you?" and I said, "I don't know." and the doctor said, "I have to take your blood," and at 1 a.m. he took my blood. in during my stay in hospital, morning after the night, I've been my blood has been taken from here, from there, from here, from there, and they can just choose whichever. And they just take my blood from every part of my body, and I'm I'm really afraid of needles. They want to know what bacteria I have in my body. Uh, according to the signs, uh, they think that I've got pneumonia. My lungs and everything showed that, and it's really contagious, and that's. Uh, Hardly anyone who can stand three days who has pneumonia, and I was in a critical condition, and I don't understand. They didn't tell me anything. So my stomach has been injected from the left and from the right, and they said uh, just in case there is blood clot in there. So they injected morning twice, afternoon twice, and and nighttime twice. So do not fall sick like I do. In the next few days, they still couldn't find what my bacteria was. So they are like, um, they they're just thinking and assuming that I have pneumonia, and I have X-rays from the side, from the front, from the back, every day, because they want to see my condition. I've. And I never stopped coughing until seven days, seven nights. I didn't sleep. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you don't sleep one day, one night, you you feel dizzy? This is seven days and seven nights, and because of coughing, and I'm really, really weak. So when uh, when my bro when the the church members come and see me, I put up a brave face. I don't want to give a burden to to all of you to think about me, but I didn't have any more strength. When I shower, I can't even lift up my hand. So in the end, I want to give thanks. I have my my children loves me. I've been given food. I've been given uh, coffee. And I also want to give thanks about the food from hospital. Actually, it is not nice food from the hospital, but I just still I still keep giving thanks to God for the food that He has given. And until the end, the doctor says, and they give up. I've been given, I've been taken. My blood has been taken, my saliva, my urine, everything, every day. And they investigate and they monitor. They want to find out what's wrong with me. They think it was pneumonia, but they couldn't find the bacteria for pneumonia. And on the last day, they said, "Because you've already passed seven days, you've already passed the critical stage. So if you can pass seven days, that means you are safe." That means my life is back already. 
because I've already passed that critical point of time and whatever bacteria or virus they couldn't find they said that I'm free from those virus and bacteria and I didn't know that I was being isolated until that last day so when they opened my room they're not uh, they're not wearing the mask and the, and the gloves and I'm free from isolation and because of that I moved to a, a shared room in Australia it's really funny in Indonesia we are kept to our own room but here I've been uh, put into a room with an old lady when I went into this room this old lady put on the TV really really loud and I'm thinking man I can't sleep for so long and now I'm sleeping in a room with someone wi who turned on the TV so loud so he put the volume really really loud and I I asked my kids to bring me earplugs and I said I I thought to myself oh, I can't sleep now so I put on the earplugs and I requested sleeping medication and I, I asked for it and the doctor wouldn't give me sleeping medication but because he had the doctor seen me that I didn't sleep for seven days seven nights he gave me the sleeping medication but it turns out that the medication is not it didn't work and I start to, to think negatively and I thought when I went into the room this 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 old woman will disturb me but on the other hand I actually disturb her because I keep coughing and coughing and she couldn't sleep and this is what I wanted to share with you when my children visit me every day they pray for me that night after praying an African came the, the hair is really high and he said are you Christian and I said yes I am Christian and where why and he said because your children prayed for you so I I know I know when he said that this is my time to testify even though I'm coughing I still share with him and I shared and give him testimonials about Jesus I, I was weak but when I testify for God, God has given me the strength. So I keep sharing and sharing. And even though I was given um, sleeping medication, I still couldn't sleep and I still cough. And the next morning, a nurse came to my room and says, this is the last dosage of antibiotics he puts into my needle my tube yeah. and she put it in and she asked is it painful I said no I can't feel anything anymore can you feel something cold in there and I said yes I can feel it I think I've been uh, asked to talk with her because she's scared that I will faint and she said this is the last antibiotic dosage and I want to take it off now the needle and I said whatever whatever you want to do just do it so 
and then she opened, and then she and she she was shocked because the needle, the needle, the needle didn't go inside my flesh. It was just, it was just on my hand. Look at my hand. This. The needle didn't go in; it just stayed there. Ratna also went into the emergency room. He, she was being put in the needle, and in a few hours, it was bruised and swollen. And I saw my hand also bruised and swollen. But that day, she was really shocked. The nurse, my nurse, uh, my hand was really smooth and no bruises. And she keeps looking at the hole from the needle. There is no hole in my hand. It's really closed up. And she was confused because she has to write a report. She called the doctor and came to me and have a look at my hand. And God is incredible. Even though the needle didn't go into my hand, into my body. They want to check if the if the medication actually goes out. Everything is dry. No liquid comes out. Came out, and I can feel the really cold liquid entering in my body. The antibiotics, but only it was only after a few seconds she opened up the needle. So the doctor saw from the light using the light to confirm, and the hole is. Already patched up. There's no hole anymore. And I was asked, "Have you? Has this happened?" I said, "Yes, a few days ago." When I went to hospital, I only this is my second time. The first time was in Indonesia. This is the second time. So when the needle was inside my hand, it feels uncomfortable. I didn't realize when I was changing my clothes, the 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 needle bent. It was supposed to be in this direction, so it became it became the opposite. So I called the nurse. It hurts really bad. So can you imagine the the needle is supposed to be that direction and it went to the other direction? So I called the nurse. The nurse went in. She saw the the needle, and the nurse said, "I can't do that." It should be the head nurse job, so she called the head nurse. The nurse, the needle is like that, and she said, "No, I can't do that. It must be the doctor." So she called the doctor, and I went, "Man, why are Australians like that?" So I turned it myself. I switched the needle myself, even though it's still painful. And I said, "If I wait any longer, it's going to be really, really painful." So I, so I, so I turned it myself. So when the doctor came back, it's already changed back. Why is it like that? And I said I already turned it. And I said it's painful. If I wait for you, too long. So I turned it myself. And he said you're crazy. If the needle breaks into your vein, you're dead. Because it can goes into your heart and you will be gone. And I said yeah, yeah that's right. But it's really painful. I can't stand it anymore. So I turned it myself. 
and I was asked, has this happened like this? But that was a few days ago. So the doctor was confused, was puzzled. How can the needle that is this long is only sticking on my hand? And every day the medication has went in and it can go into my body. And they are really puzzled. And the nurse always asked the doctor, Doctor, what should I do with this report? What should I write? And the doctor can't answer her. And the Holy Spirit says, Oh, this is the time that I should testify. And I said, No worries, just do it. Agus had a miracle. Just write down, This is a miracle from God. And I start to share God's word. I know this is the work of God. If the needle came off, because it's impossible, and I saw, I, I turned it around, the needle is that long. It's not that short. It's that long. So it's impossible that the needle will come, will be out and then went in again. So I shared with them at that moment, and I shared how the God that we worship can can provide miracles and he and God can give medication into my body without the needle being inside my hand praise God they can't do anything and the doctor asked me what must we do and I said just write down on your report this is a miracle from God I told you that our God Jesus Christ can do every miracles in our lives and I said this is incredible God has has made a miracle the doctor couldn't believe it because it was only a few seconds the needle came off you can still s you should be able to see that hole but because the the, the hole has patched up there's no blood, there's nothing. There's no blood in the bandage. There's no uh, medication that came out of the needle. So at that time, when God, uh, when the doctor says he gave up, and he, I can't find any bacteria or virus, and it's already seven days, and I can't do anything anymore, you can choose. You want to go home or you want to stay here? And I said, I want to go home. If I can't sleep here, I might as well go home and stay at home. So he let me go home because I have passed the critical stage. So when I went home in the morning, I want to go into the bathroom. I want to clean up. And the, gram the, gram the grandma, the old woman next to me in the room, she said, good morning. She said, you got bad night. I said, yes, I can't sleep. And she said, no worries. I accompany you along the night. So during the whole night, she, she accompanied me. And at that moment, I, I realized that I had negative thoughts about her because she, 
because uh, the TV was on really loud. But actually, I was the one who made her can't sleep for the whole night. And I started chatted, chatting with her. And she said, I heard your children prayed for you last night. And I said, oh, this is a good opportunity for me to share again. And I said, they love me a lot. And they always pray for me. And the old woman said, that is the prayer that I haven't heard after 59 years. I was shocked. She said, in the past, I go to Sunday school. But when I was a teenager, I hang around with friends who don't bring me to church. When I heard your children prayed for you, I, I remembered what I have heard 59 years ago. And I start to uh, ask her, because he, she has a heart, she has a heart failure. But because uh, her lungs is also bad, she has pneumonia every month. So every month she has to come to hospital. And the doctors, uh, they are not willing to operate on her heart because of her lungs. And I start to tell, talk to her. I said, do you want me to pray for you? Because God is a great God. If He can save me, So I prayed for her and she cried and she cried. And after that, she said, Thank you, Jesus. After 59 years, I'm coming back to you. Thank you, God. After 59 years, I'm back with you now. At that day, I understand why I need to be sick and stay in hospital. Sometimes we don't understand if there are negative things that happen in your lives but if if we start to think positively regardless we know that God will do something in our lives because God has a great plan God has something uh, that, is, that, is, that He has reserved for you so when we experience something negative always think positively you still have you still need to have a positive attitude because he in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 to 30 and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, this he also called. Whom he called, this he also justified. And whom he justified, this he also glorified. Brothers, sisters, never let those negative things control your mind. Whatever, how small that thought is, that is actually the seed of the devil. When the seed grows 
and it will control your mind. Will be made to think negatively all the time. John chapter ten verse ten says, "I come." The devil come to destroy, but Jesus come to give life and to give happiness. Whatever sm how small the seed is, at the end of the day, it will it will steal God's word, the word that we believe, so that we can't grow. So if you think negatively all the time, your faith can't grow. The negative things will kill your faith. So whatever that you have listened, you will not believe. A lot of people who has heard the word of God every day, they still do not believe it, because they have negative thinking in their minds. It will kill and ruin our relationship with God, and we will not obey God. That is why we have to break all negative things, negative thinking, and. And keep thinking positively. So even though those negative thoughts suddenly appear, if you decide that you don't want to follow it, that is why. Uh, hence, the negative thoughts will not control you, so that you will be open to what God wants you to think. The word of God is always positive and always build your faith. And give you uh, miraculous experiences. Those who have negative thinking will not be able to experience that. So today, if you have, if you still have negative thinking about other people, about your your husband, your wife, your children, or your parents, or other people, or whatever situation you have, break it and get rid of it. Get rid of those negative thoughts. And always think positively. Even though you experience negative things, you still have to think positively. Free yourself, free your mind from those seeds of negativity, so that your positive seeds will be able to grow in you. God will create something. And give you the mirac miracles, whether big or small. And it starts from your mind. It starts from your f your faith in there. And it will become an experience of faith. I believe whatever that is in your mind, it will happen in your experience. Who believes that? Praise God. So how can we break that? Negative thoughts in your life. The first one, you have to break and bring down all negative thoughts. Destroy it. Don't let it grow. The second one, you have to uh, rely on the op on Christ's obedience. The Bible says, "And bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ." This is very interesting. Have a think about it. 
Who are we focusing our obedience to? Is it on our own? Or is it Christ's obedience? If we focus on the obedience of ourselves, we will be frustrated. Why? Because our obedience is not perfect. You may be obedient a while, and then after that you are not obedient. If you are good, and then you become bad again. If you are hardworking, and then you are lazy. If you are uh, enthusiastic, and then in the moment you will be uh, not interested anymore. If we focus on the obedience of ourselves, we will not see the way out. We will not know the solution because our condition is like that. Because humans are like that. No matter how good we are, no matter how holy we are, our obedience is not perfect. If we look at our uh, other people, Oh, what they are do, what they are doing is not, it's not right. What about ourselves? If we start to think, we we may be, we may be different from them in a different way. Other people we can see, but ourselves, if we ask and we focus on our own obedience, and we ask on ourselves. We may not be as good as them. We may be worse than them, but the, uh, it's in different form. We can see them, but they can't see us. We can see them, uh, whatever that they said and whatever that they do. They would not be able to. They will be able to see the way that we see as well. Strangers wouldn't be able to know, but those close people around us will know. Maybe if we see our fellow brothers and sisters who has sinned, and they they stay away from God, let us ask ourselves: Have we got the same sin? If we say honestly, there is. A different form. We can see this, but we can't. They can't see ours. Maybe they. Maybe they have done it physically, but for us, it is still in our head. But they're the same sin. If we focus on our own obedience, we will find a dead end. We will not know what the way out is. We will not know what the solution is because we are the same. Our weakness is the same as their weakness. Their shortfall is the same as our shortfall. It's the same, but it's only a different form and a different method, different ways. One can be seen, one cannot be seen. One is real, one is in in your mind. But at the end of the day, they're the same. Humans in this world, it's humans. As long as you are still a human, even though if it's a Christian or a pastor or anyone, it is still the same. The obedience is not perfect. 
That is why we have to rebel all those thoughts and bring it down to the obedience of Christ. If we talk about the obedience of Christ, if we focus on the obedience of Christ, which means Jesus, whatever that He has done on the cross, and it says here, Romans chapter five, verse nineteen. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. It's incredible. Because of the disobedience of Adam, all humans are sinners. Do you know that you are a sinner because not because of your own sins, but because of Adam's sin? And that is why even a baby who was just born, who was just born, even though he's cute or an innocent, in the eyes of God, that baby is a sinner. Why? Even though the baby is not capable of sinning, but the baby is a sinner because of Adam's sin, because of the disobedience of Adam. So, our sin, you and me, we are sinners, not because of what we have done, but because of Adam's sin. Do you get that? Plus, when we uh, get older and we start to sin ourselves, those are additional sins. So little children are now never thought, never taught to lie, but they can lie. They will ask, where is this sin from? Even though little children, they are already sinners. The seed of sin is already in their heart. From where? From Adam. Because Adam has sinned. That is why all humans that were born are also sinners. Or that is why, do not be puzzled. Even though little children are not taught to lie, they can lie. Why? Because they have that seed, that that seed from Adam. If we are humans and we are sinners, and because of Adam's sin, and that is therefore, we are also made right because of obedience of Christ. You get that? Because of what Christ has done, because of the righteousness of Christ. Because one person has made right, therefore, you and me can be made right as well. If we are sinners because of Adam's sin, and that is why now we have been made right because of Christ. So before we are sinners, not because of what we have done, not, and therefore it's the same. We have been we have been made right. Not because of what we have done, but because of what Christ has done. Did you get that? And so I hear in Romans chapter five, verse nineteen. It is really good verse because our position to be righteous is not because of how good we are, 
but because of what Christ has done, His obedience that has made us right, that has made us righteous, that has made us turn from sinners to become God's people. So if God, the devil tries to put a, the negative seed in you about yourselves or think about other neg think negatively about other people you tell yourself I've been made right not because of what I've done but because of what Christ has done because of Christ's obedience I have made right when the devil starts to shift your mind to other to the negative things do not judge those people you tell the devil no devil because whatever that he has done right not because of what he has done himself but because of what God has done Christ has done for him you have been made right we and other people have been made righteous because of God's grace because Christ is because of Christ's obedience on the cross and we experience the grace and his blessing to become a righteous person not because of we are right but because Christ has made us right amen today we will learn so that we will continue be positive do not be uh, do not let the devil put negative thoughts in you take care and be careful so that our minds will be always positive and so that whatever that God has done it will stay in you in your lives so that we will not keep on judging ourselves and judging other people but we stick to God's word believe in the truth because the truth of one person has made us righteous Adam his righteous of Adam is Christ and made us before we became sinners we have been made right because of the last Adam which is Christ so that is why we give thanks that today we can learn from the Word of God I want to bring you to Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 to 5 judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured back to you and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank is in your own eye hypocrite first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye do not give what is holy to the dogs nor cast your pearls before swine lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces ask and it will be given to you seek and you'll find knock and it will be open to you 
if if today if you are still focusing about your own or about your spouse's sin or your children or your parents wrongdoings and all other friends today onwards do not blame anyone stop judging other people always remember that we have been made righteous including other people not because of what he has done it has nothing got to do with what they've done but because of what Christ has done because of his obedience and the last point i want to give an illustration today uh, one day a couple husband and wife who has just um, celebrated their 60 years anniversary not a lot of people can go through that a diamond anniversary 60 years can you imagine living in the same house sleep on the same bed for 60 years it's not easy with one person for a week for a month for a year you may be you may find it bored already this is 60 years so everyone starts to interview them ask them what is their secret and they ask the husband how what is your secret that you can love your wife tell us your story and the husband says um It happened sixty years ago, when we were in a honeymoon. We had a our honeymoon in a vineyard, and I like to ride horses. And we started to ride horses. My horse, however, is naughty. After walking a while, this he starts to angry, and I fell. My wife, she was calm, and she said, and she hits the horse one time. So she, the horse starts to get naughty again, and my wife fell. And my wife is not angry, and I saw her patience, and she pat the horses twice. She said twice to the horse. And the horse, and they, we rode again, and the horse made my wife fell again, and my wife said and didn't say anything. She opened up, she opened the handbag, and she killed the horse, and the horse died, and I was shocked, and the husband was shocked, and uh, and I said, are you crazy? Why do you kill the horse? Why do you shoot the horse? Th- the wife said. Look at me calmly, and she said, "One time. That's one time. Do you get that? So after that, we never s- fought again. You understand? You get that? You got the story. So the husband doesn't dare to scold the wife anymore. One time, one warning, the wife has given him. If the wife said once, that's it." Don't make it twice or three times because the wife will shoot him. It looks good from the outside, but 
it is not real. It can be 60 years, but maybe, maybe 60 years of, of uh, nervousness because he doesn't want to fight with the wife. And that's why uh, if, if, he, if they fought for the third time, he'll be killed. If you think negatively, if the, if the devil put evil thoughts about other people, do not judge them. Even though there's gossips uh, goes into your mind, do not believe it. Because we trust easily. We look at what we can see. Especially if um, gossips are added to it. We are made sh even more sure that it is true. Because we have seen what we want to see. But what we don't see might be different. What I just given you was an illustration. Don't always take things what they see, what you see. Can you remember what you can def uh, get rid of those evil thoughts that God, uh, that the devil has put? First one, break it, destroy it, that destroy that negative thoughts, get rid of it, throw it away. Amen. Second, bring it to obedience of Christ. Always remember, whatever things that we, the, all the good things that we have done, we have been made righteous. We have been made holy, not because of what we have done, but because of. Christ's obedience on the cross. Amen. Today, if there are still negative thoughts in your mind, throw it away. Break it about anyone. About yourself, maybe. About your husband, your wife. About your children, your parents. Throw it. Throw that away. Throw those negative thoughts away. Throw it away. And we always remember we have been made right because of Christ because of Christ's obedience not because of our obedience Amen Let us pray While I invite the uh, Holy Communion staff